today on Ag News Daily. That markets move on momentum now, not price. Think of it like a heartbeat of the market, right? Just like when I was standing on the floor and I could feel the pit, I could see what was happening right in front of me. Dana Winterhoff and Delaney Howell here on to Tuesday, Ag News Daily Edition, November 15th, brought to you by Mystic Lubricants. For a full look at their lineup of lubes, go to mysticlubes.com, M-Y-S-T-I-K, lubes.com. Delaney, I'm in Iowa, you're not in Iowa, and my ground is white. That's true. I'm in Kansas City this week for the National Association of Farm Broadcasters annual convention, so... I will be bringing you updates from down here this week, Tanner. Yes, and uh, I will just let you know how miserable it looks and feels here in central Iowa. We were and still are under a winter weather advisory. So much of Iowa, as well as northern Missouri, Illinois, and uh, parts of Nebraska are under this warning, according to the National Weather Service. Light snow is expected. I would say that's pretty much what we've gotten. Accumulations are expected one to three inches. I'm looking at probably a one inch level now with more still coming. Roads will be slippery and we will continue to see this snow until it gives way to some sun for the rest of the week. Still looking at temperatures to remain cold in our area, kind of like that Arctic front that we had talked about yesterday, Delaney, still staying in place. Good day to be cuddled up at home or working from home. <laughs> yeah, I don't have that luxury. So uh, not the case for today. Well, I hope that most of those folks that are going to get some snowfall this week are finished harvest, Tanner, because as we look at national results this week, quite a few farmers continued to push the envelope last week as USDA reported just 7% of corn is left to harvest and just 4% of soybeans are left to harvest, which puts our total at 93% corn and 96% soybeans, Tanner. So we are pretty much on the home stretch here. We also saw winter wheat planting progress is now at 96% complete as of Sunday. And as far as crop conditions go for winter wheat, 32% of the crop was rated good to excellent, which is up another two percentage points from the previous week, but still 14 points below where we were this time last year. Yeah, that, uh, you know, yesterday we'd seen the article about some of that wheat being now covered in snow isn't always a bad thing. Sometimes that helps improve the conditions with a little bit of insulation. And uh, however, you look at Sioux County, Iowa, not a lot of wheat grown in that neck of the woods, but there is really expensive farmland. Oh, Delaney. my gosh. I know I saw this story again, Tanner. Yes, we pushed $30,000 an acre here in Iowa. There was a little over 70 acres sold. That was a total cost of $2.195 million. The buyer was a farmer, and they say that the runner-up bidder was also a farmer, the auctioneer and an auctioneer stated that he cannot explain the recent price records. The price was negotiated within minutes. I have no explanation for the sudden lurches to these new records. If you remember, listeners, 27.5 was the last high that we reported on, and this sale had surpassed it. Now, it did come with a decent CSR2 rating. It had a PLC yield of 172 bushel per acre and uh, soybean yield of 56 bushel to the acre. So the average there 
coming in as far as base yields for the farmer that purchased this. But yes, we do have some more auctions coming up, Delaney, in the next 30 days. So we will have to see if anybody kicks that $30,000 per acre number to the curb. It's crazy. And the article that I read, at least, Tanner, suggested that likely we would see over the next 30 days a continue influx of more farmland sales. That's correct. Yep. I I have seen uh, the auction sites that I watch with parcels coming to market. There was a little bit of a lull as I talked to a lot of realtor and auctioner friends of ours that uh, people weren't sure what high interest rates were going to do, but now it seems like they want to put their money into land as a true safe form of investment on the verge of maybe an economic recession. Absolutely. But Tanner, we've got two looming deadlines this, well, one this week and one December 4th. This week's deadline is, of course, the end of the trade deal between Russia and Ukraine in the Black Sea Corridor. But Russia announced that they had morning talks regarding the Black Sea Grain Export Corridor that were fairly constructive. This trade deal, of course, like I said, there expires at the end of the week and is still waiting on an agreement. And Russia's economic ministry added they would support a deal to increase their grain export quota as well. Tanner, the other looming deadline we have here is the potential for a rail strike has once again been delayed until at least December. Rail groups and union officials last Wednesday agreed to extend a possible walkout until after Thanksgiving, setting a new deadline for December 4th, Tanner. Yeah, we had talked a little bit about that, and hopefully something gets done. But with the instance of a holiday right in the middle of that, we can't be too sure. Let's pause here real quick for a message from our sponsor today. Since 1922, Mystic Lubricants has been providing superior performance and protection for farmers who demand the most out of their equipment. Today, Mystic continues to develop products in real-world conditions that are specially formulated to meet the unique demands of your specialized machines. They provide advanced protection for engine longevity and are the choice of people who make a living working the land. Learn more about Mystic products at mysticlubes.com. That's M-Y-S-T-I-K lubes.com. Blaney headed over to India for the next headline that I wanted to share. The U.S. has now taken their Cummins Incorporated division to India and signed in an agreement with the Indian automaker Tata Motors. They are now looking together to work on developing a hydrogen-powered internal combustion engine, fuel cells, and batteries for electric, electric vehicle systems that can be used commercially in automobiles in India. Obviously, the hopes is once that technology is deemed successful to bring it back to the U.S. Several automakers are aggressively shifting towards the greener energy forms in India, trying to reduce their dependence on fossil fuels, targeting a net zero carbon emissions by 2070. So we've got a little bit of a forecast out there as far as that goes, Delaney, for trying to hit those goals. India will be the first market to receive Cummins hydrogen engine technology. Cummins, meanwhile, is also exploring hydrogen technology that will meet the United States standards in collaboration with Walmart and their fleet of trucks. Tata is one of the largest electrical vehicle makers in India. Their first sub $10,000 electric car was for sale in September. So now that they team up together for this hydrogen internal combustion engine, they will look at 
boosting the technology in the auto industry forward and maybe bringing some new technology back to the United States. Well, that's certainly exciting news there for some technology. Maybe we'll feature that on an upcoming Tech Tuesday interview, Tanner. That would be fun. I would be in over my head with the questions that would need to be asked, but I'm sure it would be interesting. We'd have to do a little more research maybe than we usually do for our interviews. Yep. <laughs> that's right. Uh, I think I have just one final piece of news here, Tanner, and that is the Federal Reserve Governor, which side note, I didn't realize there was a governor, but the Federal Reserve Governor, Christopher Waller, yesterday said that the central bank may consider slowing the pace of rate increases at their next meeting and reiterated that softening is the wrong way to think about it, but instead focusing on the end point of potential rate hikes was what they envisioned for this potential slowdown in hikes. This was in response to a series of questions on monetary policy at an economic conference in Australia, Tanner. Oh, interesting. That is, that's neat. I've got two just little headlines. Uh, Bayer's GM states that their soybean, uh, their new Inacta to extend soybean should now reach 10% of Brazil's soybean planting area for the 2022-23 growing crop year. This is an expansion from 240,000 hectares to 4.3 million hectares. That's the equivalent of around 10.6 million acres of soybeans. And then back here stateside, a Missouri distiller is looking at improving heirloom corn to make small batch whiskey more flavorful. So Gary... Kindergartners, Wood Hat Spirits is looking for a little extra flavor into their booze. So he's pulling back the shucks on a few ears, looking to grow corn that continues to have that rainbow color. If you think of heirloom corn, I always think of decorative decorative corn. I know it's probably not uh, publicly acceptable to call it Indian corn anymore, mm -hmm. Delaney, but that's what I grew up FFA and 4-H growing for projects, but he's looking at taking the blues, the purples, the reds, orange, yellow kernels, all kernels alike in hoping to find a better tasting whiskey. So you can make bad whiskey out of good corn, but you can't make good whiskey out of bad corn is what he was heard saying during this interview. So we will watch Heingardner's story to see if he's able to source a better tasting whiskey using heirloom corn. And I think that would make a fun Friday interview That's as well if we can thinking. get a hold of him. No kidding. We'll have to look and see if he's on the Twitter machine and we can reach out. Absolutely. But that's what I've got for headlines. Before you jump into markets, let's pause one more time for a message from our sponsor today. Since 1922, Mystic Lubricants has been providing superior performance and protection for farmers who demand the most out of their equipment. Today, Mystic continues to develop products in real-world conditions that are specially formulated to meet the unique demands of your specialized machines. They provide advanced protection for engine longevity and are the choice of people who make a living working the land. Learn more about Mystic products at mysticlubes.com. That's M-Y-S-T-I-K lubes.com. Well, Tanner, taking a look here at the overnight markets, we certainly saw some red on the screen once again in the grain markets. December new crop corn will open at 6.53 this morning, down three and three quarters cents in the overnight. January soybeans down two pennies to open this morning at 14.38. December wheat down 10 and a half cents in the overnight, giving up quite a few of yesterday's gains to open this morning at 8.08, where hard reds 
hard red winter wheat will open four and a quarter cents lower at 9.52. Livestock yesterday afternoon, Tanner, finished fairly mixed as we reported and will open there this morning. December live cattle will open five cents higher at 151.57. January feeders will open this morning at a buck 79.45. And December lean hogs will open at 84.87 and a half. Tanner, without further ado, let's kick it over to our conversation today, talking machine learning in ag markets. Yes, time for our Tech Tuesday interview. Rupert Williams, GFY.ag, stands for Go Farm Yourself. Rupert, Snark, welcome to the podcast again. Hey, thanks for having me. Good morning. Snowy Sunday or snowy Tuesday in Des Moines. That's exactly right. So, for our listeners, as a little bit of a reminder, uh, explain to them what your role is with GFY.ag, and then kind of give an overview as to what is it. Okay, thanks. I am Rupert Williams. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Go Farm Yourself, GFY.ag, and I am a former Chicago Board of Trade floor trader, uh, NCME floor trader as well. I traded corn, wheat, soybeans, uh options in the pit and traded also futures in the cattle pit and options and feeder cattle hogs and those things as well and so i got this inspiration to create go farm yourself uh and gfy and our technology our trading robot named ginger uh after i left the floor in 2014 as as robots started to take over so the big thing of trading now is high frequency trading which a lot of you have probably heard about before and it's robots making a lot of these trades. So depending on who you ask, there's 90% or so of all the trades you see are, are done by robots, right? And whether a human entered that originally, but it is a robot distribution and algorithm. So for years I was trading and, and watched this thing evolve to what it is today. And what it is today is not even what it was three years ago. I mean, you look at this year in 2022 and we've had this enormous range in wheat because of the war and other things and we watch the market go limit up for five days and go up five dollars and then come back three dollars in three days right i don't i think anybody that follows markets close enough knows that these markets are not what they used to be and that's also exciting at the same time because a computer can buy it every day as fast as it sells it because it has no bias it doesn't have that human element that when you're standing in the pit and goes well $4 corn, that looks too high. I remember the first time it hit $4 and for me, at least in my career. And I was like, oh man, I remember we were trading $2, you know, a few months ago. And so these moves that happened over six months or nine months or a whole year slowly up that we had to get used to the higher prices and a computer doesn't care. It does, the numbers don't mean anything to it. It doesn't have that same bias that a human does. And so I set out to try to understand what was going on. Having given my career in Chicago and knowing how these algorithms and these trading robots are built, I set out to build one myself. Now, I don't have the expertise to make an algorithm, so I got my co-founder, I got the smartest data scientist, predictive analytics guy I know, Jefferson Dugan, who is my co-founder, and we set out to build this. And so what we decided was that markets move on momentum now, not price, right? So price is almost a lagging indicator. The internal energy of the market, just like it did when it was on the floor, except way faster now, moves because of momentum, right? So it's like physics. It's like the speed that orders are coming in and buying 
or the speed that orders are coming in to sell, the market moves in that direction based on on that momentum. And what happens with that momentum, much like a rocket ship, is it becomes unsustainable. It's either if it, think about a rocket ship taking off from gravity at sea level, right at Cape Canaveral. If it goes zero to 100 at a distance, right, zero to 100 feet at 10 seconds, and it goes 100 feet to 200 feet in 10 seconds, the rocket is actually moving slower from 100 feet to 200 feet because there's less drag of gravity. So as you're measuring that arc of momentum, right, will the rocket ship keep going up at the right speed without running out of fuel? If it runs out of fuel, it's going to roll over. And then if it rolls over, is it going to hit the mountain? And, you know, let's say it could land like SpaceX and then take off again. Or is it going to roll over and hit the ocean and keep sinking? That's what we're trying to measure at GFY.ag. So we created Momo, which is our proprietary tool. It is built with um, 66 columns of data and about 1,000 lines per algorithm. Right. And it is analyzing the market, the internal condition of the market. So think of it like a heartbeat of the market. Right. Just like when I was standing on the floor and I could feel the pit, I could see what was happening right in front of me. Now there's so much news and there's so much rhetoric and narrative. But that narrative and rhetoric changes every day, depending on what morning email you open up. You can read a bullish story or bearish story based on everything that's happening. All of that news that you read now is old. It's way too late. It's already priced in in the price action. That's our belief. And so we created Ginger. And what Ginger does is she reads our other algorithms and weights their accuracy of where they're predicting the next prices are going. So we have Karen, Vicky, Steve, and Dick. Karen, Karen and Steve are married. And like any good marriage, Karen makes decisions about 75% of the time. And Dick makes, or Steve makes decisions like 25% of the time. And so with that, she's like the traffic helicopter that flies across the top and, and, and provides a route for you through the market like GPS, right? So how GPS works is the same way our algorithm works. Now, that part is not that fascinating. What's hard to do about what we've done is find the right data sources to put into it so that all of this makes sense. And so we've been live since March 7th. Um, we've traded one of the craziest markets in in history, certainly in my career that I remember, and Ginger has done really well. In 18 so, sell alerts, go ahead. Yeah, so let's dive into that a little bit more, Rupert, about what it is that Ginger actually do, does. So she's a machine learning robot. She's reading what the other indicators are doing, what your al other algorithms are doing, and kicks out signals for farmers to be able to utilize. But tell us what those signals look like. And if I were to sign up for GFY.ag, what am I actually signing up to get? So you're getting a sell alert every or a buy alert every time Ginger makes a trade. So you're getting a real-time text alert that says Ginger sold. So she, she works in one unit. So she'll go up to five units and she will sell, you know, one contract at the Chicago Board of Trade, which is 5,000 bushels. And so she will make up to five entries per side. And then she will hold on to those trades. And her, the goal of what she's doing is to catch the market as it's turning, that it's running out of momentum or it's unsustainable. And so what you get when you're a subscriber is you get a text alert when she makes a trade. So she made a trade last Friday at, you know, 114 or something like that. And she sold soybeans at, uh, it was 1451. And today the price on Monday, the market goes down and 
It's 1433. And, and so she sells and buys and accumulates positions in different products. Right now she's long soybean meal, she's short soybeans, and she's long corn. We also cover uh, winter wheat, Kansas City wheat, um, and cotton, soybean meal. So what a, what a farmer will get from us is a text alert whenever she makes the sell or a buy. And why I think that matters is because this is an unbiased data point. It's another tool in the toolbox to help you make decisions with your marketing, right? Marketing grain is incredibly hard. There's a ton of emotion tied to it. And there's a lot of bad advice. And so what this is, is a tool to help you sort through the noise. So Snark, as you look at continuing to build this, you know, obviously this is not brand new. You've been working on this project for quite a while. What's your goal for it in the future? Well, the, the big vision is that I'm leveling the playing field for farmers, right? To, to quote some some people that I've showed this to that are, you know, bigger partners that could potentially help distribute it to farmers. Their, their comment was, why would you give this to farmers? And I said, why wouldn't I? Right. And they said, well, you know, we could use this internally. And I said, this is, this product is not designed for the big, you know, merchandisers of the world. This, this product is designed to level the playing field, right? This is designed to, I think we're building a movement. I know that sounds crazy, but this is the ultimate FU to an industry that, that decided they didn't need me because we have robots. So I'm bringing a robot to everybody else. And it's a lot of fun, right? Like for me, that's, that's what gets me up in the morning, gets me all excited. And I know you can hear the energy of my voice is it's exciting that we are bringing Chicago to the farmer, right? Past performance, not making results, insert some sort of disclaimer here right? But when you have a trading tool that the average sale price of our 18 sell alerts for corn this year is 698 and the product 640 right now or 650 and it's all over the place. Well, how do you make that decision on, on whether six or $7 or $8 or what price is the right price? Our highest sale was within 761 in these corn, 22. Our highest sale in new crop beans was 1579. 15.79, that's two cents off the high of the year on a real-time text alert. We've done this since March. We have 175 subscribers. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to get text messages from farmers that say, yeah, I, need, I had some grain that I had to sell. I got a sell alert from Ginger on Friday. I sold some grain. And I don't even think about it and I keep moving. And now the product and now the price is 15 cents lower and he loves, he loves ginger. So ginger helps me for my own decision-making and looking at markets myself. And she helps me sort through all the noise. And, you know, I read a ton of articles. I've been trying to follow what's going on in Ukraine, which cha changes every five minutes. And, and this algorithm has performed extremely well in a market that we cannot backtest for. Yeah, it's really kind of a neat deal. And I think a lot of farmers maybe have questions about how it works. So hopefully you've done a good job of giving an overview on that today, Rupert. But if any of our listeners have continued questions or want to check out gfy.ag for themselves, what's the best way to look you up? Well, there's a couple different ways, right? You can fi find us on Twitter at gfy underscore ag. You can send me a DM there. 
Uh, we are working on our other social media. So my apologies if you're on Facebook or something else, we will have that soon. You can send me an email at rwilliams at gfyag.com or you can just text me. My phone number is 312-515-3348. Awesome. Well, Rupert, thank you again for joining us today. Certainly appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. You guys have a wonderful day. Always one of my favorite conversations to have with Rupert or Schmuckersaurus, as some of you know him, especially when he gets on a roll expressing that passion that he hinted at. Yeah, it's good when we have those types of conversations. A little bit of some high-level stuff there, Tanner, but I think he did a pretty good job of sharing what it is exactly GFY.ag is doing currently, Tanner. Absolutely. I'm excited to hear the conversations that you and Cassidy get to have down there at your conference. So listeners, stay tuned as we'll air some of those here in the next coming days. But what do you say, Delaney, for today? Should we let the listeners go? Let's let them go. Let's let them go.